Welcome to another episode of Unstuck with Hypnopunk, Transformation with Edge. And today's show is all going to be about smoking. See, as a hypnotist, as a change artist, probably about 25 to 50% of the clients that I see come in because they want to quit smoking. They come in with this belief that smoking is physiologically addictive, that they're addicted to it. And why do people believe this? Why may you believe that cigarettes are physiologically addictive? Well, because the media, because tobacco companies have told you for years and years and years and years and years now as a mass form of hypnosis that cigarettes, that nicotine is indeed physiologically addictive. It's not. That's right. I told you it's not. So and you're like, well, why can't I just stop? Or well, here's what we're going to talk about today. You see, if smoking cigarettes, if nicotine was physiologically addictive, then you'd keep having to up the dosage, up the cigarettes over and over again. Let me give you an example. The alcoholic who got drunk or buzzed with a beer when he was 15 or 16 or 17, now as a 50-year-old man, do you think he can still get buzzed off just one beer, one spirit? No. He has to keep drinking more and more and more and more and more to get that same buzz as he did as a teenager. There is no glass ceiling. But the smoker generally finds their level, whether that be half a pack a day, a pack a day, hell, whether it's two packs a day. They seem to find their level and just kind of level out. Another example is the cocaine addict that's addicted to cocaine. Now, it used to maybe take uh, half a line to get somebody high. And then it was a line, and it was two lines, and three lines, and they had to keep upping and upping and upping the dosage. And they would chase as what... Um, Cocaine addicts call chase the white dragon. They can never quite get that same high as they did from their first line, their first half line, their first snort of cocaine. There is no glass ceiling. Yet the smoker seems to find their level, again, whether it's half a pack, a pack, hell, whether it's two packs a day, and they kind of level it out. The crystal meth addict, their heroin addict, insert the terrible drug here. They keep having to up the dosage over and over and over again. They cannot get enough to get that same level as being high. Yet the smoker finds their level, whether that be half a pack a day, a pack a day, hell, whether it's two packs a day, and they kind of level out. Smoking nicotine is not physiologically addictive. It reminds me of a story. I go to Las Vegas each and every year to train other hypnotists in helping them to become teachers of my stop smoking method. And the interesting thing is, and I don't know if you've been to Vegas, but Vegas is one of the only places in the world, in the Western world at least, where you're allowed and even encouraged to smoke on the inside. And see, I went there a couple of years ago, first time there. And I got friendly with one of the croupiers, one of the card dealers. And she confessed something to me. She said, uh, I came in one day, and I was just in the casino, and she looked a little sad. I went, how's your day going? She's like, actually, actually quite bad. Um, 
one of my friends just passed away. I'm like, oh, I'm really, really sorry to hear that. What happened? She said, well, she, she actually died of lung cancer. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, gosh, that sounds terrible. Um, do you mind me asking, like, roughly how many cigarettes was she smoking a day? She said, well, the funny thing is that we started working here at the casino on the same day, about 35 years ago. And the interesting thing is, she never smoked. Not even a puff of a cigarette. Not even one. Yet, 35 years of five nights a week, passively inhaling that smoke into her lungs, caused her to die, caused her to get lung cancer. So her body would rather kill her than ever allow her to get addicted to cigarettes, before it ever even allowed her to pick up a cigarette. Because, you see, if they were truly physiologically addictive, just smelling those Marlboro Lights night after night, she would have went, Oh my God, Marlboro Lights, give me one. But she had that night after night for 35 years and never even had an urge to pick up a cigarette. Now, if cigarettes were physiologically addictive, then you wouldn't be able to choose when that craving, when that addiction hit you. Like, let me ask you, when was the last time, if you're a smoker and you listen to this, when was the last time as a smoker you woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning just because you needed to smoke? Not because you need to go to the bathroom and on, on, on route you're like, hey, you know what, I like to have a smoke now, but because you had to smoke, because your body was shaking, it was convulsing, you were foaming at the mouth and you were willing to kill the person beside you, maybe the most beloved person in the world, to get a smoke. When have you ever experienced that with cigarettes? Never? The cocaine addict, the crystal meth addict, hell, the heroin addict. These people, these people can wake up at any time of the night and they can have this uncontrollable urge of shakes. I've seen it in my office, foaming at the mouth where they have to have that hit because their bodies become so accustomed to it that if they don't have their hit, they could die. So here's the interesting thing. If a smoker comes into my office, I can tell them, stop smoking, stupid. If the alcoholic comes into my office, I'm not allowed to tell him that. If the crack addict comes into my office, I'm not allowed to tell her that. If the crystal meth addict comes into my office, I'm not legally allowed to say that. Why? Because you see, with some drugs, if you just stop cold turkey, your body can shut down and you can die because your body's become accustomed to the drug. Even some alcoholics have become so so ingrained in drinking that alcohol that their body's become so accustomed to the sugar and, and whatever else is in alcohol that if they were just to stop cold turkey they could die so in extreme cases they have to be weaned off these drugs or alcohol with some equally um, unpleasant drugs however when was the last time you met someone or knew someone perhaps yourself and you just stopped smoking or they just stopped smoking and you heard they died the next day or the next week because they just stopped smoking Never? No, me either. So I ask you, do you still believe that smoking is physiologically addictive? Now, now you're saying, Luke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I get grumpy. I get annoyed. I get angry. I get irritated. I get bored. I get upset. I get sad. I get depressed if I don't smoke. I'm not discounting that. I'm not taking that away from you. But guess what? All those things I just listed are what? Emotions. So can you be emotionally addicted to cigarettes? Totally. Can it be a nasty habit to kick without the right tool? Absolutely. But are you physiologically addicted to it? No. 
the definition of being physiologically addicted to something is you can no longer physically function without having that in your system anymore and you could die. You could stop smoking tomorrow and you would not die. The interesting thing about smoking and with all the people I work with when it comes down to smoking is, is this. Smoking is very digital. It's either on, off. You either are a smoker or you're a non-smoker. You're not somewhere in between. You're not a part-time smoker. You either smoke or you don't smoke. It's not analog. It's not a sliding scale. You either are or you're not. So oftentimes when people come to see me, it really does come to the point where they just make that commitment. Do you want to stop this? And once they've made that commitment in their mind that they truly want to stop, then the work I do with them to, quite frankly, to do any kind of hypnosis is, is quite easy because you're in the place. They're in the place that needs to be to make that change. They've already flipped that switch to off inside their head. And it's just need a little bit of help, a little encouragement on that track. However, if you haven't flipped that switch, if you have no intention of flipping that switch, hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming, the work, cognitive behavioral therapy, patches, gum, None of it's going to help you. God himself, if such a man exists, coming down with a magic wand, doing some hocus-pocus, isn't going to make you a non-smoker if you haven't made that commitment to yourself. And a commitment has to be for you, for the smoker. It has to be that you want to quit. Can other people benefit from it? Totally. Whether that's spouses, whether that's children, whether that's parents, friends, colleagues, yeah, totally, they can benefit. But it has to come from you, the smoker. You have to want to stop. I can't I've lost count of the amount of times that people have called me on behalf of a partner, of a spouse, of one of their children, of one of their parents, and like, can you make my mum, dad, son, daughter, husband, wife, lover, boyfriend, girlfriend, stop smoking? I'm like, when your friend, lover, husband, boyfriend, you know the deal, wants to stop smoking, give them my number and I'd be delighted to have a chat with them. But until they're ready to make that call, I totally appreciate you giving me a call. But until they're ready, there's nothing I can do. So give them my number. And when they're ready, have them contact me. So it all comes to, do you want to quit smoking? And can you? Absolutely you can. But hey, sometimes I'd have clients come into my office and they say, well, yeah, you know, I've quit smoking before. I'm like, well, if you've quit smoking, why do you need to see me? Yeah, yeah, but I started up again. So I always ask, well, did you quit smoking or did you just take, take a temporary vacation, a temporary hiatus from it? Like, ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, I just took a bit of vacation from it. So, um, so I asked them, do you want to take a little vacation from it or do you just want to stop? And they're like, well, I just want to stop. And if you do want to stop, then it can become really, really easy. Because the interesting thing about this and about cigarettes is this. Two days, 48 hours after smoking your last cigarette, 95% of all that nicotine, even if it was remotely physiologically addictive, is out of your system. So in two days, if it is physiologically addictive on any conceivable level, within two days, it's gone. So the interesting thing then becomes, what happens to the person who goes a week, a month, six months, a year, two years, five years, ten years, with no smokes, no smoking a replacement apparatus like patches, like gum, like e-cigarettes? What happens to those people that start smoking again? And what I noticed with some of the work that I did with people, that after about the nine month 
mark a couple of years ago, I noticed a, uh, a um, little trend, is some clients, past clients would email me or call me like, Luke, can he's come and see you again for another top-up session to stop smoking? And I'd always ask, well, well what happened? And they'd come into my office and it, 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 the story always essentially went like this. I was going great for nine months. And it got to about nine months. I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I used to smoke two packs a day. Now I'm on zero. I've got it licked. I've got it under control. I never have to do this anymore. So you know what? If I just light up one smoke, that's not going to hurt me in any way, shape or form. I, could, I can prove that I've done it for nine months now. So I just want smoke here or there. I think I'd like that. And what do they do? They switch that switch to on again and the habit starts. Because you see, you're either a smoker or you're not a smoker. It's very, very digital. It's a yes, no. It's not a sliding scale. It's not analog. So we know in two hours, excuse me, two days of your last cigarette, then up to 95% of that nicotine has left your system. After eight hours of your last cigarette, Excess carbon high, excuse me, extra carbon monoxide is out of your blood. After five days after your last cigarette, most of the nicotine has left your system, if not all of it by this point. After one week, your senses of taste and smell improves. After one month, skin appearance is likely to improve. After three months, your lung function begins to improve. After one year, the average smoker has saved themselves about three and a half grand each and every year. After 12 months, after a year, your risk of heart disease has halved. And after five to 15 years, your risk of stroke has declined to that of a non-smoker. So let me ask you, truly, do you still believe that you're physiologically addicted to cigarettes, to nicotine? The interesting thing was, about 10 years ago, the AMA, American Medical Association, they put together this rather daunting report. It's about 656 pages. You can probably find it online somewhere. It's horrendous to read. But basically what the American Medical Association did is they got the best neuroscientist, addiction specialist, psychiatrist, um, and doctors all together. We put together this report. They threw tens of millions of dollars at this research study. And it was to prove, once and for all, is nicotine physiologically addicted, addictive? And after 10 years of research, tens of millions of dollars, the smartest people in the world, do you know what they concluded? It's not. It's not physiologically addictive. Can it be emotionally addictive? Totally. Can it be a nasty habit to kick if you don't have the right tools? Absolutely. But hypnosis can help you with all of those things. Let me ask you another question. Why do you believe that smoking cigarettes is physiologically addictive? Many people will say, well, it's the, well, the media, everyone tells me, everyone tells me, the TV, the radio tells me it's addictive. I see these commercials for patches, for e-cigarettes, for inhalers and what have you, for gum. And it says it's going to help to wean me off of this. The media told you it. And hasn't the media always told you the truth about everything? Interesting thing is this. Patches and gum have about a 9 to 11% success rate. 
counselling sessions when it comes to stop smoking, whether that be one on one or group, they have, they have about a 15 to, I believe, 18% success rate. A generic audio recording of hypnosis that you can find anyway, you can find it on free from YouTube to quit smoking has about 30% success rate. Now, it doesn't sound a lot, does it? But compared to everything else, it's one or 200% more powerful. Now, the kind of work that a very good hypnotist will do will use many different forms of hypnosis. In the study conducted by the Practice Builders Partnership in the United Kingdom in, I believe, 2002, was over a couple of years, actually, I believe it was over a two-year, two to five-year period, they saw literally thousands of people who want to quit smoking. And they recorded, they tracked the results. They followed up with the people for up to two years after their session. It was based on one session. And of the 95 people, that, excuse me, of the um, couple of thousand people they saw between them, the practice builders, they had a 95% success rate of people who still remained non-smokers based on using a very advanced form of hypnosis. Now, that was about 15 16 years ago, and hypnosis has advanced, and mind science has advanced an awful lot since then. So hypnosis is really, really powerful for helping you to deal with becoming a non-smoker. And I always ask my clients, do you want to become a non-smoker, or do you want to become an ex-smoker? And, like, and they're like, well, what's the difference, Luke? What's the difference, hypnopunk? And I'll say, well, you see, the ex-smoker is always waiting to smoke again. There's always that time like, well, when I get stressed, when I fall off that wagon, I'm going to light up a cigarette. And they're always waiting for that day to fail up, to fuck up. Whether that's a day later, a week later, a month later, a year later, hell, whether it's 10 years later. Whereas the non-smokers committed to themselves that they're done, they've drawn the line out of it, they're finished with it, it's through, they just don't do it anymore. They've ended the suffering because they've committed, I just don't do this anymore. And well, there's always been things that have outgrown in life. Now, I don't know when you were young... But there's perhaps a type of music or a song or a group that you liked as a teenager that you really did truly love them. You listened to them, that song, that group, that artist. But as you grow, grew older, as a mature adult, you don't like that song anymore. Now, you still acknowledge that, yeah, I used to listen to that song, that group, that song. I used to really like it, but now it's like really silly, really stupid because you grew up. Now, I don't know if when you were a kid there was a toy, a figurine that you used to play with, whether it was He-Man, whether it was Cabbage Patch Dolls, My Little Ponies. But as you grew older, as you grew up to be a mature adult, you didn't keep playing with those toys. Now, you don't deny that you used to do it, because you did as a kid, but at some point you grew out of it. You can grow out of smoking as well. Perhaps when you were younger, as a teenager, there was a style of clothing you had, whether that was flared jeans or you wear fleeces. At the time, it was the cool, in, groovy thing to be. But now, you wouldn't be seen dead wearing those outfits, because you just grew out of it. It's just not the style. It's not who you are now so too can you grow up smoking. Because you see, smoking is something that children do. It's not something that adults do. Of probably the 5,000 people one-on-one -on -one in groups that I've met and helped become non-smokers, each I've never met a person who had their very first puff of a cigarette after the age of 22. Now, I had people that had a puff of a cigarette in their teenage years and didn't start up a full-time habit to their late, to their, excuse me, mid to late 20s. I've had that before, but in over 5,000 cases, I have never met, and I've yet to meet that person who started, who had their very first puff of a cigarette 
as an adult. They all did it in their teenage years or even younger. Because see, something smoking, smoking is something that children do, it's not what, something that adults do. Because as a smoker, and I say this to smokers, whether you are or not, I say to the adult smokers that come to my office asking for help, if you knew then what you knew now about smoking about cigarettes, would you do the same thing or would you choose a different course of action? Would you choose to take that smart first smoke or would you just say no? And 99.99% .99 of the time, the answer is an unequivocal no. Of course I won't do it. Because you see, something smoking is something that children do. It's not something that adults do. So a good hypnosis or any change work can really literally take away that pattern and replace it with something far more positive, far more advantageous to you. Because you see, the reason you smoke, some people say, well, it calms me, it relaxes me, it, yada, yada, yada. There's always a reason for you smoking. See, if you just stop smoking cold turkey, or use a patch or gum when you try and wean yourself out. And I've never met someone who weaned themselves from a pack a day, half a pack a day, 10 cigarettes a day to zero and stayed at zero. I'm yet to meet that person. Weaning yourself completely off cigarettes does not work in my experience of doing this for 20 years and working again with over 5,000 people. It just simply doesn't work. So again, I ask you, do you believe that smoking is physiologically addictive? Now what happens oftentimes is if you don't replace the smoking habit with a advantageous positive habit, it will rear its ugly head. It's almost like pulling out a weed from the garden but not planting a beautiful plant or flower in its place to grow back. If you don't do that, the weed will grow back. So whenever, whenever a good hypnotist or change worker will work with you in helping you get rid of smoking, they'll help you to pull out that weed to get rid of it once and for all and yet replace it with another equally, but actually equally positive habit in its place. Whether that be drinking more water, whether that be meditating more, listening to self-hypnosis, going for a walk, exercising more, but doing something so you'll get the same benefit will be transferred over to that new activity and you won't have to do the old activity anymore. So the only thing that you're actually losing is that nasty habit of smoking that cancer stick and not whatever positive benefits you're getting from it. Because make no mistake about it, whatever your problem is, whether it's a smoker, the person who overeats, the person who anxieties themselves, or the person who depresses themselves, on some unconscious level, they're getting a payoff from it. It's what we call secondary gain. Now, 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 I'm not saying that you're deliberately sitting around consciously saying you want to do this. I'm talking about the unconscious mind, that five-year-old that controls all your emotions, that controls all your thoughts, that controls your bodily functions, that breathes you. I'm talking about that part. So I ask you, do you still believe that smoking is physiologically different or physiologically addictive for you? I'm going to share one story before we wrap it up today, before we wrap up this episode of Unstuck with Hypnopunk here today, Transformation with Edge, and it's this. A few months ago, I had a chap that came to see me, very, very nice chap, to quit smoking. And he came in and we did one session, it tends to be how I deal with smoking with people. And a couple of weeks after our session, I sent him an email just to check up on him. And I asked him, how are you doing? 
and he wrote me back this email and said, hey, thanks, Luke, for following up. To be honest, I don't really feel that that hypnosis worked. I didn't feel that I was under. I didn't feel that I was hypnotized. But because I'm such a cheap bastard and spent all that money with you, I told my wife, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. That hypnosis didn't work, but you know what? I'm just not going to smoke anymore. So, so thanks for your help. Thanks for taking the time to follow up and help me. I don't think I'll use hypnosis again because it didn't really help, but I'm not smoking. Uh, thanks very much. Bye. And it, it was one of my favourite testimonials of all time. See, quite frankly, I don't care if a client credits me for their change or not, as long as they don't do the behaviour anymore. So that's been the uh, latest episode of Unstuck with me, Hypnopunk, Transformation with Edge. Please stay tuned to our next episode coming up very, very soon. Thank you.